Welcome. Another episode, short episode. I just uh, finished The Last Dance tonight. And uh, so I thought I'd do a little quick episode kind of called Last Dance Aftermath. Uh, I've seen all 10 episodes now. And I think I'll just give you some thoughts on that. And then you can listen to it in the morning. Uh, I watched in the TV-14-L, which just means don't look at the speaker's mouth and do any lip reading because lots of uh, locker room profanity, which is, again, this is a documentary, probably uh, pretty realistic, but still not, um, well, it's, it is what it is. So um, the audience uh, perhaps expected it, but, uh, you know, that's the way it goes. Uh, what's the hobby impact of this? Well, because of Michael Jordan, the, the NBA now, if you look back over the last 20 plus years, the NBA is now in essentially every foreign country. Uh, Michael Jordan, other uh, LeBron, uh, they are uh, kind of household names in every country in the world. Uh, and that's probably a big reason why many collectors and quote-unquote investors are so bullish on basketball cards because it's become more and more of a global sport. And that's a trend that uh, bodes well and I think is here to stay. Uh, you know, I had a, a Ripple Effect uh, podcast that I did with Joe Davis uh, a week or so ago, and basically we talked about how when when one player, one superstar, pr- those prices get really extreme, it can make other uh, star cards of the same level of scarcity look like utter bargains, and so there is a Ripple Effect. But Michael uh, is uh, obviously the real deal, and the, uh, the uh, Last Dance has uh, cemented that with everybody stopping uh, to watch that. But in the, in the NBA basketball, even the college game, but the game itself has changed. And so when we see uh, the last dance footage, it, it looks a little different. And that's why it's so difficult to compare to LeBron and even even not so much Kobe, but uh, but certainly LeBron. Uh, the, the number of mid-range jumpers and floaters and drives that did not end in dunks uh, were a lot of the highlights for Michael. Um, and with Michael, you, you also really, Andrea Kramer had a had an interesting point that Michael's fame came before all this social media stuff. So he had nobody, he had sports writers to tout, uh, to tell the shape of story, but otherwise he was performing on the court. And uh, LeBron has uh, clearly had a different impact because times are different now and his ability to to shape his own story is different. And then don't get me started on uh, the Euro step. Uh, Michael's hang time, his ability to to uh, suspend was uh, pretty amazing. But you give him an extra step, as they apparently do with the Euro step, and uh, no telling what uh, he would have done. He already was unstoppable. Uh, I did a podcast uh, a few weeks ago about uh, being um, about the herd. And uh, it, it, I really was referring, uh, referencing some of the stuff in this in this uh, in this uh, TV documentary because basically you could get a sense of since everybody's watching this, this is what everybody's going to be do, everybody's going to be doing. And uh, but what I've noticed and I'm very pleased with is that there are a number of people that seem to have gotten ahead of the herd, which is clearly the way you want to be trampled by the herd. You don't want to be way behind the herd. Uh, you want to be uh, at the at the front end of it and ahead of it if you can. If you can see something that's going to go up, buy it before it goes up. And I've seen from the auction results from my auction sponsors and ComC and uh, eBay and other things, and I've heard in in the other excellent hobby podcasts that are out there that you know, especially early on. I mean, Scotty Pippen was was on fire, uh, especially early on in the series. Uh, Carl Malone got, has gotten some exposure. Uh, Charles Barkley, Kim Lajuan. Uh, Carl Lone, I just finished the, that last episode and he's just a class guy, you know, just a, you know, amazing how a guy that was that physical and that big had so much finesse and, you know, to come in and, uh, and uh, congratulate the guys after the sixth championship. That's, um, Again, something George Carl apparently didn't do. So Michael really, uh, that was important to Michael that people would, uh, 
would acknowledge him and give credit where credit is due. One of my close friends was Carl Malone's uh, uh, first uh, uh, NBA agent and uh, speaks highly of him. And speaking of George Carl, I mean, like like Michael said, he was a he was a fellow Tar Heel and had a had a reasonable uh, pro career, uh, NBA, ABA, I guess. And um, you know, some of those cards may be may possibly be undervalued. Uh, one of the things that Michael did is that he would kind of paint victims. He paint them into like villains. Now, victims are really not that collectible, but villains are. And uh, the villains that Michael he respected their abilities, but you can break the players that that Michael hated or gave a hard time to into players that he just didn't think were were, were that good, uh, as opposed to those he hated personally, and uh, but but uh, but uh, respected their game. And I think you know who I'm talking about. Um, the ultimate victim in this and villain is Jerry Krause. And that just, you know, when you go to a card show, you can see there's two groups of people there. And without trying to discriminate and, and make assumptions, you can see that a, when, when you look at card collectors, there's a group of them who, uh, seem to have been really good athletes when they were in high school or college, uh, not necessarily pros. And then there's another group that weren't. And, uh, you can, you know, you just, you know, it's clearly discrimination. But you just can, uh, you just take that into account. And if you want a GM that is going to be effective, they've got to take into account the, the business aspects. And that's why some of the card collectors that are, that are, that are the best and the savviest were not necessarily the best players. They appreciate the talent, uh, that's required. Uh, but they also understand the business aspects that, uh, that, you know, there's a limit to how, uh, how much you could pay for a card, just like there's a limit of how much you could pay a player or when you're lining up your team. So I'm not on Jerry Krause's side, uh, but I'm just saying it's a really tough job to be the GM of a team that has, uh, that has, uh, Michael Jordan as the, as the dominant figure. Uh, one of the herd aspects uh, that would impact uh, hobby people is that they're, they're, like there absolutely will be other documentaries coming and they may be in other sports. Uh, they, I don't think they'll have exactly the same effect, but they absolutely should have a positive effect. And so even rumors of future documentaries could send people to, uh, again, ahead of the herd. Uh, the sponsors first, thanks to my sponsors, top spinning, the upper deck, Beckett media, Beckett grading, Beckett authentication, comc.com, heritage auctions, hug and Scott auctions, uh, Burbank Sports Cards, Mike Stadium Sports Cards. The only sponsor that I, you know, again, of my sponsors, I would have loved to have seen Upper Deck be a sponsor. And probably the price was prohibitive. Uh, and even more plugs for, you know, Michael's loyalty to Upper Deck is, is, um, is, is very exemplary. And it's probably summed up in two words. Larry Jordan, who's a nice guy and uh, been at Upper Deck, was Upper Deck for a long time. And uh, Michael's uh, older brother who schooled him and and uh, perhaps made him into the uh, the superstar that he is but you know i didn't get the the reese's peanut butter uh you know the state farm they're all over the place and uh, facebook is just being facebook but uh as i said last week uh, the, i don't put uh, michael on a pedestal i'm not interested in his perfume uh even his shoes i'm not going to buy the, his Nikes just because they're his. It's just like when I go out and buy golf clubs, the best equipment for the pros is not necessarily best for the amateurs. If I had a 48 inch uh, vertical leap, I'd be definitely interested in the Air Jordans, but, uh, my, my, uh, my uh, vertical is no longer measurable. Uh, I don't think, um, uh, anyway, that's, that's, uh, 
that's the other thing about that is there wouldn't even be sneakerheads if it weren't for Air Jordans. And that's, uh, again, thanks to some of those uh, crossover collectors who have come into this uh, card collecting hobby. Uh, I thought his mom came off uh, very, very impressive and gets the real credit for the Nike uh, connection. And, you know, really was great to see some uh, some positive family uh, aspect uh, in, in the documentary. Uh, there are very few players, and I've mentioned this about managers, especially coaches and managers who can elevate uh, other players, elevate their teammates. And I think Phil Jackson really did do that. The championships uh, are a testimony of that. And Michael did. Uh, there's a few football players that can do that. But their presence on the team uh, makes the team better. And it's it's not necessarily for being a nice guy, uh, but somehow their players are going to are going to play harder. Uh, and just like Michael or coaches, you're either going to motivate by fear or by love, you're either going to say, hey, I don't think you can do it. Prove me wrong. Or you're going to say, hey, I know you got this. Prove me right. So those are two different approaches to, to coaching. Again, I think not as applicable in baseball. You've got your own individual uh, batting average. Uh, I want to get Michael Jordan's iPad. <laughs> I want to be able to see what people are saying about me before they say it and get to approve whether it will be released. I thought that was cool. Uh, I would retitle The Last Dance, The Last Word. You know, watching him chuckle about uh, uh, Gary Payton, who truly was a great defender and, uh, you know, uh, nicknamed The Glove. And, and for Michael to just kind of shrug that off was really interesting. Okay, so card value. Is this uh, Michael Jordan run-up going to last? Uh, it's going to last longer than the Scottie Pippen run-up. I mean, if people are going to buy, if the people are going to buy or sell, they're going to they're going to they're going to buy the the better player first, and they're going to sell the better player last. So if if somebody wants to raise money, um, they'd be more likely to take I I can get rid of this Scottie Pippen or or Steve Kerr, or Dennis Rodman, or anybody but Michael. Michael is uh, transcendent. And finally, the um, this discussion about who is the GOAT, the, the greatest of all time. Frankly, again, I just think it's more important that that discussion take place than there be a consensus. If there truly was a consensus, I mean, that'd be fine. But the way the game has changed, it's impossible to uh, compare fully accurately uh, Michael with LeBron or whoever else may, may, uh, may come forward. But we can certainly appreciate Michael's greatness on the court. Again, off the court, he wasn't the greatest owner. He wasn't the greatest GM. Uh, apparently, his competition addiction—not <laughs> gambling addiction, but competition addiction—is is not so transferable. Uh, but when he was on the court, he made people better. And uh, like I said, he's a he's a, somebody absolutely worth emulating for his will to win. And so, uh, again, if you're uh, uh, have Michael in your collection. Uh, I, well, I mean, I can't imagine that you wouldn't if you're, if you're collecting uh, vintage basketball. He was, uh, if not the greatest all time, there was, there was nobody better. So thanks listeners. Thanks uh, everybody. Uh, enjoy, uh, collecting, not just basketball, but, uh, again, I think there'll be some documentaries on some other, uh, things as well. And you can have fun watching those as I did as well. So thanks and be back again tomorrow.